0: Greetings, Body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yah's Laws and Commandments. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Today is Passover, and so we are going to talk some from the scriptures of a variety of subjects on the Passover. So let's just look into it and let's get started in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I'll give you a few seconds to turn there. Matthew chapter 26. As we celebrate Passover, we know that it is a memorial. It represents deliverance that the children of Israel went through when they were delivered out of Pharaoh's oppressive slavery. It represents being delivered from sin, represents being delivered from lawlessness or from any other form of captivity hasatan would try to take you captive in Yahshua Messiah has redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith it says that we have been redeemed from the effects of disobedience to Yah's laws and commandments it does not say however we've been redeemed from the necessity of obeying Yah's laws and commandments. And so let's just celebrate Passover. Celebrate first fruits and celebrate unleavened bread. Well unleavened bread comes before first fruits. But it's all involved in it. And first fruit first fruits, excuse me is all about the resurrection of the Messiah. We won't get to that. We'll leave that for its own specific teaching next time. So let's get started. In Matthew 26, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when Yahshua had finished these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. So right here and there, this says, Yahshua is revealing that the crucifixion will take place on the Passover. Okay, and then if we um, go to verse 4, it says, And consulted that they might take Yahshua by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. They understand, and what we must understand, is that their whole culture was centered around Yahweh's laws and commandments, which included the feast days. Everything in Israel, even today, is centered around the Shabbat and around Yahweh's feast days. The scriptures say that it's Yahweh's feast days, days, not the Jews' feast days. All right, and you can continue reading, but I want to go through all four Gospels, so um, you can continue reading how the woman anointed Yahshua's feet with oil with an expensive perfume. Okay, now let's go to verse 17. It says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Yahshua, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for you to eat the Feast of Passover? So they're basically saying, Where have you prepared for us to eat the Feast of Passover? And Yahshua said, Go into the city to such a man, and say to him, The rabbi saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. So Yahshua saying that there's a specific man, go to the specific man and at his house. Now wouldn't it have been an honor to been his house, at his house we will prepare to eat the Passover. Now something to understand. Joshua ate the Passover. He did not institute a new thing called communion. He did not institute that. That's something Constantine did because that's what Catholicism is all centered about. All right? Then in verse 19, And the disciples did, as Yahshua had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and this was sundown on Tuesday night, to begin Passover. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me and they were exceedingly sorrowful and every one of them said unto him rabbi is is it i and he said he that dips his hand with me in the dish the same shall betray me the son of man goeth as it is written of him but woe unto whom the son of man is betrayed it had been good for that man if he had not been born then judas which betrayed him answered and said rabbi is it i and he said thou hast said so we see here clearly that it was that it was judas and in verse 26 and as they were eating, Yahshua took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Now every Sabbath, there's a, there's a bread that is prepared that is to be part of the Shabbat. I forget what it's called. But nonetheless, um, it's kind of a sweet bread, kind of tastes... Challah. The Challah. Uh, Challah? Challah. Challah. So, C-H-A-L-A, I believe, or C-H-A-L-A-H. But it's kind of a sweet bread. If you ever had Hawaiian bread, it tastes kind of like that, but not quite as tasty as Hawaiian bread. So, he took one of the... He took two symbols that are in, quote-unquote, the Seder meal, the, the Passover meal. And they were to represent... His broken body on the stake. And then he then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. He was not instituting a new religion and a new thing called communion. He was just taking part of the Passover meal and amplifying it concerning what was about to take place. It was Constantine and Catholicism and then Christianity that began to make communion something separate, something that it was not meant to be, into something that is only part of Christianity and Catholicism. Hebrew roots, the Messianic, is all about the Passover meal. All right. Um, And then Yahshua goes through that as he is smitten, the disciples will flee, so on and so forth. And Peter began to defend himself and said, even though everyone else flees, no, I will not flee. And Yahshua says, on this night, you'll hear the cock crow three times, and this will... this will reveal that on the third time you will deny me. So that would have been a slap in uh, Yahshua's, or in Peter's face, because Peter was a very proud man. And if you read in verse 75, it says, And Peter remembered the word of Yahshua, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, you shall deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Okay, now let's go to the next chapter. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Yahshua to put him to death. Now, the Passover started Tuesday night. So now this is Wednesday morning. This is the day when Yahshua will be sacrificed. And when they had bound him, verse 2, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Alright, and um, it says in verse 12, And when he was accused of the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Now if you look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, as well as in Mark, Chapter 14, verse 61, when he was accused, he responded not. And see, how many of us, when we're accused of something, we immediately go to defend ourselves. But Yahshua showed us the way not to do it. And that is, don't defend yourself. He kept silent. All right? Now in verse 15, back in Matthew 27, now at the feast, the governor was wanting to release a prisoner. Whoever the people decided, and this was on Passover, and so they called for Barabbas, and, and the, the um, governor was trying to get Yahshua released. And you can read that as you continued, continue um, Pilate said in verse twenty two unto them, "What shall I do with Yeshua?" And they all said, "Crucify him, and the governor said, "Why, what evil has he done? See, the governor was trying to release him all right in verse thirty it says They spit on him, meaning they spit on Yahshua, took the reed and smote him on the head, meaning they began to beat him in his face. After they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to be crucified. So before he ever went through the torture of crucifixion, They tortured him by beating him on his head, in his face. In verse 35, And they crucified him. Now remember, this is still on Passover day. And they crucified him, which would have been Wednesday during the day. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, See, everything had to be confirmed according to the Torah. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set, him, set up over his head his accusation written, This is Yahshua, the king of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, the other on the left. And we know that one of the thieves kind of mocked him and the other one said, you know, to remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Yahshua said, this day I'll remember you. Okay, now verse 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour, which is between noon, starting at noon to 3 p.m., from now the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, which was three o'clock. And about the ninth hour, Yahshua cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachthani. I probably butchered that story. Sabachthani. sabachthani. But that is to say, my Elohim, my Elohim, Why have you forsaken me? And this was right about 3 p.m. when Yahshua was crucified. And it says in verse 50 that Yahshua, when he cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit. He yielded. He didn't die. He willingly gave up his spirit. And this reminds me of a scripture that the Apostle Paul said. And when he was debating whether to go home to be with Yahweh or to stay here on the earth to be with the disciples, he said, It is far better for me to go home to be with Yahweh, but it's far better for you if I stay here. And then he decided. To stay. And he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with Yahweh. So, Paul was revealing and confirming just what Yeshua confirmed that in order to die, you have to give up your spirit. Now, yes, Satan can come and take your spirit and steal from you life and kill you if you're not a believer or if you're a believer without information and revelation and understanding of the Word. But if you are a biblical believer that keeps Yah's laws and commandments, that knows how to walk in His believer's authority, when it's time for you to go, you will just, like Yahshua, give up your spirit. It will not be taken from you. You will not die prematurely. Okay, and then it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in in two, from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, meaning they were dead, and they were resurrected, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared... Unto many now we know that Yahshua appeared numerous times to this to the disciples. I forget how many times I'm thinking it was three, but maybe maybe it was more, but he appeared unto them several times. and it says here that many came out of the graves. the graves of many bodies of the saints were open. Now it doesn't say all the saints, but it says many. So was it all? Don't know. It wasn't there. But the question I have is we know that there was a period of time that Yahshua went into Galilee and appeared unto many. These saints appeared unto many. Now we also know that in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, that Yahshua was lifted up off the earth and went to the eternal realm to be with Yahweh. What happened to these that were resurrected? Where did they go? We know they couldn't have died again because they they couldn't. Just like Lazarus, when he was resurrected, where did he go? When it was time for him to depart. Where did Yahshua go? Well, we know Yahshua was ascended up on high. So where did these saints go? Did they ascend like Yahshua and follow that same pattern and just ascend up into the eternal realm where Yahweh lives, where Yahshua went to? Good question. I've not been able to find any scriptures on it, but nonetheless, it makes you think. It makes you wonder it makes you do some research make makes you ponder so if Yahshua ascended wouldn't it make sense that they ascended as well it also makes sense to me anyways that when my days are done and Yahshua comes to get me and my wife we're going together that we're going to ascend with Yahshua to the eternal realm. Anyways, that's another story. So it says, now when the centurion, verse 54, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Yahshua saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was... The Son of the Almighty. Hallelujah. And then it goes into that when, e- verse 57, when evening was come, there came a rich man of Ar- Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Yahshua. Now, this was at sundown on Passover. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Yahshua. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph or Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled down the great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, this is going to give you all the timeline, Yahshua kept the Passover meal Tuesday, or the beginning of Passover at sundown. Yahshua was crucified in the mid-afternoon of Passover, which was Wednesday afternoon, and now he's laid in the tomb at the end of Passover which was the beginning of unleavened bread which would have been Thursday which Thursday at sundown or you could really say in our thinking Wednesday at sundown began Thursday and the feast of unleavened bread and verse 63 saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will arise again. Now, Yahshua was not a deceiver. So they commanded, you know, guards to watch over over it. And then, uh, this will be for next time, uh, verse 1 of chapter 28 of Matthew, In the end of the Sabbath, it doesn't say after the Sabbath. It says in the end of the Sabbath. Like maybe within a few hours at the end of the Sabbath, which would have been Passover. Um, no, which would have been... Uh, in the. Let me read it. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn ter- towards the first day of the week. So this is... Referring to at the end of the seventh day Sabbath. As it began to dawn towards, not that it was, but towards the beginning of the first day of the week, which to us would be Sunday. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of Yahweh descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And then he begins to share with them that he is not here, but that he is risen. Now remember, this is before the sun came up. This is at the end, the scripture says, Of the seventh day Sabbath, which would put it towards the end of Saturday, you know, like three, four, five o'clock in the evening or late afternoon. It was not yet the beginning, which the beginning of the next day starts at sundown. Okay, so understand that. So now. Let's go to Mark 14, and let's go over a few things there, and I need to speed up my time here so we might not get to all the Gospels, but you can get to them on your own. After two days was the feast of the Passover of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might take him and put him to death. But again, they said, no, not on the feast. So drop on down to verse 12. This is very interesting. And the first day of unleavened bread, which is Passover, when they killed the Passover. Now they're talking about Exodus 12, verse 6, when the priest took the sacrificial lamb and crucified it. All right? They said, where where wilt thou that we go and prepare that we may eat the Passover? So they were participating in the Passover at the same time as they were preparing the four-legged Passover lamb that was to be sacrificed. And as you do your study, you will find out That the four legged Passover lamb was sacrificed at the same time that the two legged Passover lamb of Yahweh was crucified on the stake. See, in Exodus, when they crucified or when they sacrificed the four legged Passover lamb, it was a symbol. It was a prophetic uh, proclamation of what would take place when the Messiah would come, that he would be the sacrificial lamb. And in John chapter 1, I think around the 29th verse, you will see that when Yahshua came approaching John the Baptist, that John said, Behold the Lamb of Yahweh that takes away the sin of the world. When was He going to take away the sin of the world? He didn't take away the sin of the world just because He was birthed on the earth. He took away the sin of the world when He took upon Him all our sin and lawlessness for disobeying Yah's laws and commandments when He went to the stake. And when He was crucified... On the stake or on the tree. That's when He redeemed us from the curse and when and from lawlessness. And when you and I receive Messiah Yahshua, we are receiving deliverance from our lawlessness. We are also receiving deliverance from the effects of our disobeying Yahweh's laws and commandments so that the enemy can no longer keep us captive to our past or, get this, to generational curses or, get this, to witchcraft curses or any other curses that man may try to put upon us or demons may try to put upon us. We have been redeemed from them by the blood of the Passover lamb and we need to use our believers authority and say no I have been delivered from everything that's been passed down through the generations I have been delivered from addiction I have been delivered from bondage anxiety fear premature death I have been delivered from arthritis cancer heart disease high blood pressure um, anxiety, fear, allergies, or whatever the case may be. You need to use your believer's authority and decree. And decree, like Job said in Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 28, decree Yahweh's laws and commandments. Decree a thing, and they shall be established. We decree Yahweh's laws and commandments. We decree... What Yahshua did on the stake. What Yahshua says in his word. What Yahweh says in his word. We decree his name, his Sabbath, his feast days. And the Shabbat and his Torah. And as we do, they shall be established. So decree on Passover... That you are loosed. And that's why Yahshua said to the woman in Luke 13 verses 10 through 16. Ought not this woman whom Satan had taken captive. Ought not this woman be loosed on this Sabbath day. Because Yahshua paid the price for our deliverance and for our being set free from lawlessness, and from the effects of our lawlessness, rebellion, and from the effects of our sicknesses and diseases, or whatever the curse. So, as they were preparing... the four-legged Passover lamb, to be crucified at the, thir- at the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. on Passover, that Yahshua, we read in Matthew, that he was crucified at the ninth hour, around 3 p.m. And he took our lawlessness so that we could be Loosed from every form of captivity that Hasatan has had us in. And that is what, in Exodus 12, when they celebrated Passover, that is what it was representing. Our being loosed. When we took the blood of the Passover lamb and put it over our house, or as they did. The death angel could not come in. He was bound off of them. And as you and I celebrate Passover, the spirit of death is bound off of us as we cover ourselves with the blood of the Passover lamb, Yahshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. And verse 17 it says, And in the evening he came with the twelve, or at the beginning of of." Pass at, at the beginning of Passover, Wednesday evening, all right, I'm just quickly going through this to try to speed things up, um, we went through all this, okay, now let's go to Luke. If we can, before we run out of time, Luke 22, and again, verse 1, it says, Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. So underline that. You may call it the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but it's all one and the same. Verse 3 also says, Then entered Satan into Judas Iscariot, being one of the twelve. Understand this, that if you give the enemy opportunity, he will enter. He will enter and try to take control over your life. So do not give him a place. That's why it says, Submit yourself to Yahweh, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do you resist him? By staying in the word, Yah's laws and commandments. And then verse 7 says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. Now it's referring to Exodus 12 and verse 6 when the four-legged Passover would be killed, okay? And then it goes through about the Passover meal. Uh, Let's see if there's anything else that that Luke says that the others didn't say. Um, And it goes when they went into, when Yahshua went into Mount Av, of olives to pray and Yahshua said to them your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak to rise up and pray so that you do not enter into temptation that is very important as well that you have a strong prayer life okay and then they came and grabbed Yahshua and began the crucifixion and the resurrection um let's go to Matthew, uh, not Matthew, excuse me, John, and we'll begin to close here, John 19. And again, it says in Pilate, therefore took Yahshua, scourged him. Soldiers put a crown of thorns, and when they put a crown of thorns, these thorns were at least this, you know, two, three inches thick. They didn't just rest it on his head like you would put a hat, they beat it into his skull so that it went into his skull and so that blood came gushing out. And Isaiah fifty-two fourteen says you couldn't even recognize Yahshua as a human being. Not as Yahshua, uh, the son of Mary and jo- Joseph, but they could not even... He looked like roadkill. When you drive down the road and you see an animal that's been drove over numerous times. You couldn't tell what kind of animal that was. So that's something to understand. Verse 7, And the Jews answered him, We have a law and by our law he must die. Now this was not the, the Torah. This was added Jewish laws which meant he must be crucified. Yahshua had no such law. Verse 14, And his preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour, which that reveals to us is around noon. Okay, then it says, and, and he bearing his sake went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. So why would we think that it was Greek? Or that the New Testament was written in Greek. It was translated from Hebrew into Greek, but it wasn't written into Greek. It was written in Hebrew. Then it says that they put over his stake. This is um, Yahshua, the king of the Jews. Okay, uh, let's see if there's anything else. Uh, Verse 31, The Jews, therefore, because it was preparation, preparation for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that the body should not remain upon the stake on the Sabbath day. Okay. And they besought Pilate that their legs might be broken. This reveals it wasn't the seventh day Sabbath but the preparation for the feast of unleavened bread, which is kept in the spring. Then they came and, you know, they pierced Yahshua's side. He was already dead. So they did not break his legs. All right. Then it says, verse 1 of chapter 20, the first day of the week, mary magdalene early when it was yet dark it was still dark now this is the seventh day sabbath and it was close to sundown or close to sunrise excuse me but it was still sundown say saturday The first of the week cometh Mary Magdalene. You're um, trying to uh, okay. The first of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark. So it's not the first day of the week yet. Unto the sepulchre and seeth the stone taken away. This reveals that it was sundown. Of the seventh-day Shabbat before the first day of the week and again this defeats the idea that Easter of Sun of sunrise services on Easter and if you do your research of sunrise services on Easter they celebrated that for numerous years as they celebrated Ishtar, as they celebrated their pagan gods and goddesses. And they were just... Catholicism in Constantine was just trying to roll that over into um, Hebraic truth, and it is not. We see so clearly that Passover is not Easter, and Easter is not Passover. Easter and the resurrection of the Messiah took place very clearly before the sunrise of the first day of the week took place still at the end of Passover. So these are just some truths that I hope brings illumination, revelation to you, and that brings understanding to you. So I I pray you receive something out of this, something maybe you didn't see before, or if not, just that you would be re-fired up, that faith would come from Yah's Word, and that you would be encouraged, that you would be strengthened in your faith, that Yahshua died on the Passover that communion is not and was not celebrated by Yahshua. He didn't come to establish communion. Communion, and I know this is hard for many people in the Christian world to think, but communion is added to the Scriptures. It's added to the Torah. Yahshua kept the Passover meal he did not institute some new uh, thing called communion the other thing that we saw was that Passover and Yahshua was crucified on Passover which that year was Wednesday night and he was resurrected right before sunrise Still at sundown on Passover. No, not, excuse me, on the seventh day Sabbath, right before the beginning of the first day of the week. So that defeats any thoughts that sunrise services are biblical. They are not biblical. They're after Constantine tradition, and they are another Constantine deception, just like Yahshua, the Messiah dying on Good Friday, is another Constantine deception. Just like Christmas is another Constantine deception. There are many Constantine deceptions. And you need to learn the difference between what is biblical and what is not. Because Yahshua said, If you continue in my word, then you will be my disciples. And then the truth will set you free, and then you'll be known as his disciple. If you're not continuing in his word, in his Torah, in his instructions, and keeping the feast, which includes Passover, Unleavened Bread, and first fruits, which are this week, then you are not keeping his word then you are not his disciple, and then you're in serious trouble. So I pray that you will be a Passover believer, that you will come out of paganism, that you will come out of Constantine's deceptions, and that you will come into a Torah Hebraic mindset to keep Yahweh's laws and commandments which means to keep the Feast of Passover. So I pray Yahweh make His face shine upon you. Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make a way for you where there seems to be no way. You want to connect with us, YahwehYashuaAssembly.com is our website. And you can connect with us, Mark Pulley, or Yahweh Assembly Facebook page on Facebook as well. Until next time, May you have a very extreme Shabbat, extreme feast of unleavened bread, Passover. And may you understand things that you never understood before from the Torah and from Yah's Spirit and Yah Himself and His instructions. So until next time, Yah bless you, Yah make His face shine upon you and never forget, you are loosed from your captivity because of the blood of the Passover lamb. God bless you.